Business Desk Today is the podcast for New Zealand business leaders. Your daily business briefing from the team at businessdesk.co.nz. Welcome to Business Desk Today, a daily podcast showcasing our main stories. It's Tuesday, March 7th, and I'm Riley Kennedy in Auckland. Our lead story this morning is by Brent Melville, who reports New Zealanders have been faster at opting into joint home ownership than their Australian counterparts as interest rates and affordability becomes a key buying constraint. Research by property analytics firm CoreLogic found that just over 55% of properties in New Zealand are co-owned by two or more buyers. That's up from just over 52% year-on-year and compares to about 43% of Australian homes jointly owned. The study also showed that gender parity is higher in New Zealand, with exclusively male ownership prevalent in 52.5% of properties, compared to 52% with female ownership. CoreLogic's Australian Head of Research, Eliza Owen, said that while the inference was that the gender property pay gap is closing, it's more likely joint ownership is becoming more popular. She noted affordability constraints have pushed purchasing decisions to be made by two or more home buyers. In other news, Greg Hurrell reports that a Chapter Zero survey last year found that less than half of directors surveyed felt that their boards were engaged in the challenge of climate change, according to Therese Walsh. But company pledges to be net zero by 2050 can only be achieved if their directors clearly set out how they are going to achieve them, she says. Along with her roles as Chair of Air New Zealand and ASB Bank, Walsh is the Chair of Chapter Zero New Zealand, one of 23 national organisations that form the Global Climate Governance Initiative. The New Zealand organisation is hosted by the Institute of Directors and aims to put directors and their companies they govern on the road to a low emissions future. Membership in the first year grew to be between about 900 and 1,000 directors. To mark the first anniversary of its inception, Chapter Zero has released a director's toolkit, a five-step process for company boards to make substantive action to reduce emissions. The steps include having the right leadership in place and accepting the need for change and having a plan and carrying it out. Meanwhile, business desk's Patrick Smalley asks in his column just how much trouble is David Parker's legacy project, the reform of the Resource Management Act, in. It's hard to know, Patrick writes, given that every bill that comes to Parliament gets a toasting from its detractors, making ministers inevitably vulnerable during the public hearing phase of legislative development. During that time, critics get their say and by convention, the minister either never, or only ever very sparingly, agrees to changes. Usually such changes involve a forensic tweak to an important point at the committee stage, or occasionally the introduction of a supplementary order paper to shoehorn in some late-breaking addition. Those options don't really exist when the whole concept is coming in for a comprehensive bagging. So surely it can't be comfortable for Parker, the Environment Minister, to be watching the torrent of concern gushing out of the select committee hearings on the legislative reform package he spent five years bringing to fruition. 
After the break, we'll look at why Rocket Lab has landed across the Tasman and recap yesterday's markets. Welcome back. Our technology editor Ben Moore is reporting this morning that Rocket Lab is launching a subsidiary across the Tasman to try and get a slice of the booming Australian space industry. The inspiration behind the expansion into Australia is no secret. In Rocket Lab's year-end presentation, it noted the Australian government had committed to spending about $17 billion on the space industry in the decade to 2030. Founder and Chief Executive Peter Beck said Rocket Lab had already played a key role in supporting Australia's rapid growth in space by flying several commercially developed Australian satellites on Electron. The investment that the Australian Government is making through its Department of Defence is squarely in Rocket Lab's zone, so the push into the country makes a lot of sense. But while the government spend is large, it's far from the only thing luring Rocket Lab. In July 2018, the Australian Space Agency announced an overarching goal of tripling the country's space industry from $4 billion to $12 billion by 2030. Beck said Australia hasn't accomplished history in the space sector, having developed capabilities in Earth observation, space tracking and satellite operations. Markets, meanwhile, were in good cheer, with the benchmark index lifting 43.6 points to 11,912 points. Turnover was a light 83 million. The biggest mover was Pushpay Holdings, which dropped nearly 9% in early afternoon trading, after its shareholders rejected a $1.5 billion takeover deal on Friday. The stock fell as low as $1.10 yesterday, Below the $1.34 per share offer its board recommended. Yesterday's fall added to the 3.9% decline on Friday once its trading resumed. JB Weir's Head of Investment Strategy, Ricky Ward, said it was common for share prices to head back to where they were before the bid was mounted. Pushpay and the bidder, BGH Capital and Sixth Street, have until 5 o'clock this evening to agree to hold another shareholders meet. On the currency front, the Kiwi dollar was trading at 62.15 US cents at 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon, down from the 62.29 US cents at the same time on Friday. That's Business Desk today. For today, you can read these and many other stories at businessdesk.co.nz.